This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Real EFL League One podcast, the podcast where we take a look at all the wonderful action that England's third tier has to offer each weekend. What a game week it was as results across the board could have huge repercussions by the end of the season. There were some impressive performances, one or two howlers, a few questionable refereeing decisions and many, many other talking points. There's so much to get through, so let's not waste any more time. I'm your host, Adam Scully, and I hope you all enjoy the following episode. If you do, please leave us a five-star rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It would be greatly appreciated as we attempt to reach as many League One lovers as possible. Now, without further ado, let's get into the action. And of course, I won't be on my own to delve through all the weekend's events. I'm joined today by Ivan Newsom, who was in my home city of Dublin recently. Ivan, how did you find your trip? Uh, very good, but very expensive. Oh, incredibly <laughs> very- expensive. Yeah, but it's a lovely city. I would quite like to go back at some point. Um, maybe in the summer, if there's slightly better weather, because it was just wet and windy the whole time I was there. It's so Ireland. It too bad. It's Ireland. Yeah. The, it won't, the weather won't be much better, I, I promise you. Did you see the spire, by the way? Yes. The big, massive the big, pin in the, the sky. Yeah. yeah, the needle in the sky. The most nonsensical kind of tourist direction. But... Yeah. I, 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 there's a story behind it, I think. I th- uh, I think it's something to do with like a competition that like an art competition almost and it was designed it it kind of looks it and the metal are, is wearing on it as well and it looks kind of just <laughs> it's just it's just a massive needle in the sky but at least you, you'll know where you're going when if you look in the sky and you see a massive needle you'll know where you're going what way you're going how to get back to O'Connell Street but I'm also joined today by a man who lives just south of me in the gorgeous county of Wicklow it's Johnny Hunt how have you been Johnny? Good, mate. This is the Irish. This is the Irish. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're close town, mate. We, we are a bit cheaper than Dublin. Um, yeah, what do we say? Yeah, um, much cheaper. I would yeah, say much. much. Yeah. And and there's, there's a few Reading fan fans part of the world as well, surprisingly. <laughs> and then, and obviously we didn't get the invite to Dublin with Ivan, so <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was Wicklow. I've been in Wicklow a few times with Bray, and I've climbed. Um, 
bray head yeah. i climbed actually bray head when i was i was quite a tubby child and i climbed bray head when i was uh not in the not in peak physical condition and i genuinely because it, 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 this is like a is a statue or a cross at the top and yeah yeah, we're gonna put, we're gonna put uh, Ivan on it next time you come. <laughs> <laughs> but I literally, I never forget. I just sat at that statue and I was heavily breathing, and I have no idea how I was gonna get back down. I, I think I, I went down like two hours later. I stayed at yeah. the top. It's, in, it's actually, it doesn't look as maybe it wasn't as bad as I remember it being because I was quite unfit, so it was a lot worse. But it is a beautiful. Wicklow is an absolutely beautiful place, yeah. and they have like the, great the Garden County of Ireland. Anyone that wants to yeah. come, you're more than welcome. Yeah, and Just it's bring your, bring your checkbook, credit cards, and whatever else. Yeah. It's cheaper, but it's, it is also uh, <laughs> much nicer than Dublin City Centre as someone who lives in Dublin. Anyway, let's get into the action from this weekend. And Ivan, over to you. What a result! It's definitely the result of the weekend. Wickham Wanderers five, Peterborough United two. That's three losses on the bounce for Peterborough United in League mm. One. They now drop to fifth in League One. After, I mean, there was a period in time where they were on such a long run, uh, a long unbeaten streak, and they they were flying high in Portsmouth, were wobbling a little bit, and you think they're scoring so many goals that surely they're gonna they're gonna take top spot within a couple of weeks. But the wheels seem to have fallen off a little bit, and now they're 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 quite far behind. And what did you make of the game? Because it was three 0 at one point. They actually pulled it back to three two, which was impressive enough. And you think maybe the comeback's on, and then again it just fell apart. Talking through your talking through this game, Ivan. I think you said the the wheels have fallen off a little bit. I think they've certainly fallen off. Um you look at how they're struggling and the teams that they've lost to mm-hmm. in the last um in the last three games. Um and a, a lot of a lot of their current problems are their own doing. Like they've scored before I get into the game, they've scored four own goals in their last <laughs> two games. <laughs> so that's never gonna help them at all and I just think they're it's a bit of a weird one because they did look so strong a month a month ago mm-hmm. but now I think the January transfer windows hit them quite hard the teams around them you're looking at your your Portsmouths your Boltons your Derbys even to an extent Barnsley now I mm-hmm. guess all strengthened well at least the top three definitely strengthened in the um in the January window, and I don't really think Peterborough did. They held on to all their key players. You look at like Edwards, even uh, Mason Clark to an extent. Yes, he's gone, but they've got him back on loan. But they didn't really bring anyone in that could really push uh, for them to have a title charge. Um, and speaking of after title charge, I'm just going to plug in an article that I did for the for the website uh, last week. It was after the game against Exeter. Um, I just wrote about three things that we kind of learned from that game. And I was pretty harsh on Peterborough saying that they were out of the title fight after losing to Exeter. But I think they're definitely out of it now. And I'm sure Keelan, who's on so many of these podcasts, is probably listening and he's probably already typing an angry message to me. But <laughs> it's uh, I cannot see a way that Posh can now turn it around. Is it 10 points? Off, uh, Portsmouth yeah, in they have a game in hand, but it's still it's not it's not ideal. Uh, yeah, and also at this point in the season for Portsmouth, um, it might even if Peterborough do have a game in hand, Portsmouth are the team with the points on the table. Hmm. And given the form that Peterborough are in right now, would they even win one of those games? Who knows? Um, yeah, the alarm bell seemed to like be truly uh, ringing. They're now winless in four, 
and a slip, like you mentioned, down to fifth on the table below Barnsley. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it is another disappointing result. But some credit does have to go to Wickham. I feel like we're going to talk a lot about Peterborough struggling and maybe not give, or at least I'm going to talk about Peterborough struggling, but, <laughs> and not give um, Wickham enough uh, credit. I think Matt Bloomfield was definitely under pressure a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm surprised he kept his job mm. at one point. Um, yet they now find themselves six points clear of the relegation zone in 15th. We just won lost in their last five. And I think no no um, Wickham fan would have expected them to go into this game. Well, I doubt anyone would have expected them to win 5-2, but I don't know how many would have expected them to come out of it with um, any points at all. They they took the lead through Archie Collins. Uh, well, I say through Archie Collins, Archie Collins, Peterborough, a defender, who'd put his ball in the own in his own net. And it's 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 just been that regularity for Peterborough. It's just shooting themselves in the foot. I know I already said that, but you've got to be not perfect to win the League One title or even get automatic mm. promotion, but you cannot be making silly mistakes like this. They, um, Jack Grimmer would then extend their lead in the 11th minute, yes, 11th minute of uh, first half added time, um, with Peterborough's defence pretty much half asleep. Posh kind of controlled the ball. I mean, I think we, it's something we've kind of become accustomed to under Ferguson, 68% of the possession. But Wickham were having all of the um, best chances. They then <laughs> they then score in the second half with a great effort from uh, Kieran Sadlier. But what on earth is Bilikovic doing? Well, I, I just want to, not to interrupt, Ivan, but you, as a Carlisle fan, not to bring about, not to pile the misery <laughs> on, but you've had your fair share of goalkeeping woes this season. But I genuinely believe it wasn't just the worst goalkeeping performance I've seen this season. It genuinely is probably an all-timer. I, oh. I was, it was horrendous. Because <laughs> you, you, I know he scored one own goal, factually. But there's an <laughs> argument to be made that it could it could have been four because it was he was... Just horrendous. Even like the 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 weight of the pass on the was it the fifth goal and the and then he scored an on goal for the fourth and it was just some of the I mean it was it was painful to watch you, some of the stuff. I mean the one goal wasn't his fault. You I could argue. Yeah, but you, yeah, you, you bring it back to Carlisle with the goalkeeper mistakes. We're twenty fourth. They're they're a team <laughs> looking to go up into the championship. It was so I I didn't watch the game until this morning and Keelan had put in the um the League One podcast. WhatsApp chat that um, <laughs> he was uh, he was quite heated about his goalkeeper and now I can see why. Uh, would they have lost with a different keeper in goal? Maybe not. But um, I, w- I would recommend to anyone that hasn't watched the game, um, if you're a goalkeeper especially, on how how not to I don't know how not to pass it out from the back. <laughs> yeah, then definitely watch that um, fifth goal. Wickham were 100% in the driving seat, but two goals from David Adjaboy and Ricky J. Jones would, score, uh, would get them, uh, would get Peterborough, sorry, back in the game. Um, and as soon as they get back in the game, they treat themselves in the foot again. Um, their comeback was short lived. Sam Vokes scoring with his first touch of the ball, or although it has gone down as a, a Bill Ockerpick mm-hmm. own goal. I'm probably butchering his name there as well. Um, but, the ball hits him kind of on the way in. Yeah, so that's why it's given. But anyway, either way, I think Vokes, it's a good finish from Vokes, but he still yeah. should be doing better. And then, yeah, I, I mean, we've already touched on the last goal, but it's not something that uh, Peterborough fans will be looking, um, will be wanting to watch back. 
David Wheeler as well with the celebration of the mm. weekend in my opinion. <laughs> um, I don't even know, like driving around a corner flag. Yeah, for uh, corner flag. <laughs> but it, it is great. And yeah, Peterborough look all over the place to me and could struggle in the running given those three last three losses. I think it's, I'm trying to rack my brains. Is it Exeter, Wigan and Wickham? Mm-hmm. I think yep. the last three losses have been. Yep. Um, and they're all what bottom half, teams in the bottom half. So if they, yeah. They're facing teams in the top half, especially the top six, seven. I can't see a way that they're going to get automatic promotion. And I don't think any Peterborough fan will be wanted to be reminded of the playoffs. But I'm going to start. I'm going to stop that just there because before. <laughs> I think we've already anything. lost one listener. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and if you're still with us, thank you so much. It won't all be about Peterborough. Don't worry. And we will. Very, we, we, we will obviously get on to the rest of the team shortly, but I just wanted to say before we move on, Ivan, that Peter United have the best goals record in the league because they've been firing, they've been firing on all fronts all season in terms of the going forward, and they've been so prolific. They have the worst defense though in the top 10, and that includes like, I mean, they've conceded eight more goals than like Lincoln City, who are who are 10th. And I, I it's obviously not all about the defense, but I just, I just feel like you can't have two extremes of scoring lots of goals. You're also leaking more goals and all your competitors in that for, for the automatic promotion places, never mind the, the playoff spots and even Lincoln City who aren't even in the conversation for the top six at the moment because they're so, let's be honest, they are quite far off it, but they're just leaking goals. And again, that was just the prime, this game was a prime example of that. So the goals were horrendous to watch and even from passing out from the back and the keeper and he, he, he his, 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 long ball is blocked and then he fails to get up in time and he seems to like injure himself in the way it was like a comedy of errors and then the the fifth one as well he was so blasé the way he tried to like play it out to the left and the ball's bobbling I'm thinking oh lord you think you would learn your lesson painful a really bad performance Darren Ferguson did defend him after the game of course he would it would be incredibly harsh to slate him he's already I'm pretty sure feeling awful after the performance and I hope he does come back better than ever. Just for Wickham Wanderers though, they face Bolton Wanderers away on Tuesday and then they face Oxford United at home on Saturday so they are two very, very difficult games. Whereas uh, Peterborough United face Port Vale at home on Tuesday, which you would expect them to win to get back on track. Port Vale may have a new manager we'll talk about that very very shortly but then they face Blackpool at home on Saturday. Peterborough dominated the ball they had 68% of the possession but again too many, too many errors. And when they got back into the game again, as you said, they shot themselves in the foot and they ended up getting mauled 5-2 away from home. Johnny, over to you to another struggling side, Charlton Athletic. You will obviously be very delighted with the result. It was 2-0 to Reading at the Select Car Leasing Stadium. What a job Ruben Sayers has done. I mean, genuinely unbelievable. I did say actually, I think maybe two weeks ago when I did the podcast last, that if if he managed to keep Reading up, I would not that I can vote for him, but I, I, I internally I would vote for him for a manager of the season because I think it's absolutely astonishing. I mean, he was dealt such a horrendous, uh, uh, he was a hand of cards at the start of the season or throughout the season, not just the start of the season. Uh, you know, a four point deduction, all the off, the, the protests on and off the pitch, and it was just, and they're outside the relegation now, and another win for. The Royals and they beat Charlton Athletic. Talk to me about Reading Force, Johnny, because we'll we won't just keep going and we'll get to Charlton in a moment and their woes at the moment. But 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 talk to me about Reading and their performance. They were really impressive. Yeah, like um, 
Sellers, you know, it was the, the Southampton reject derby, you know. Sellers being Nathan Jones, Jones has yeah. been gone too long. Uh, the, he didn't have the the bounce back, win back, you know, first game. Mm. They they were average. You know, we go on to that. But Sellers is, you know, we've talked about him before. I know Matt, uh, you know, was a bit skeptical of, of him. But in the part, like, you know, one defeat in 12 games for us as a team with what we've got off the pitch. Yesterday was get the clown out of the town against the owner. Um, since, you know, the Port Vale game where it's on the pitch, it's now off the pitch. So the players can actually play. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not protesting against the team. We never have done, but it's not about being on the pitch. It's not about the the team can you know, we're behind the team hundred percent, behind the manager hundred percent. And you've seen it. You've seen that, you know, the performances that we did. Um Amandi Mbenge, we've got this we've got the new Rory Delap. Really long throws. <laughs> uh the, the Stevenish game. One nil away, which I don't think anyone would have thought we'd have done that. And then, you know, yesterday against Charlton, two long throws. It causes confusion. It's you know, it's not ready, it's not our style, but it worked. It's, mm. He said himself after the game that Sellers went, you can throw the ball five yards further. And it chucks it into the mixer, old fashioned talk about whatever. And you've got Femi Aziz, who is one of those players who. When he's on form, he's brilliant, and he had the odd bad game, but he's been brilliant this season. Well, there was talks he was actually going to leave in January. Yeah. Plymouth yeah. had goal were in for him, but then he, yeah. he they obviously managed to keep hold of him, play- which I think was huge. There was a, a players that decided to stay: Sam Smith, uh, Harvey Nibs, and himself. Uh, a couple of players: Tom Mack went to Portsmouth, then mm-hmm. broke his ankle, got sent off. Um, but like, it's it's. Brilliant to see. I don't want to go on too long. I've been here for like three hours and we haven't got right now to do this podcast. But what it what it means for us as running fans is this mentality of these lions that are playing for us. Um, you've got Tyler Binden, who's 19 as a centre back, who's leading the team, you know, in defence. Um, and Bingo says about you've got Andy Yeard on his back form. And you've got these guys that are punching above their weight and they're, they're being forced to do a job, uh, which you know, they, they wouldn't have probably done. Uh, you've got wing there. You've got these guys. I go through the whole lot. But the team spirit is brilliant. We haven't had that for years. Like the win against Stevens was the first midweek away wing in three years. Something stupid wow. like that. Um, but Sellers, like he, he, you know, he after we lost to Shrewsbury uh, back in November, I think it was. You know, we had two lost two goals in the last two minutes. He was on the verge of, you know, possibly going, but then no one's going to mm. take over. And what he's done since has been incredible. He changed the formation. He's he's got that team playing. Like you've got a, a board of 16, 17 players. He rotates one or two. He knows his best eleven. Um, you know, and and it works. And it's unbelievable to see. Like, yeah, I, I say it as a Reading fan, but I think anyone outside of the Reading world watching what he's done and watching the team, what they're doing against. You know, we're really hard to beat now. We're really tough. Uh, we don't give up. We don't give in. And that's all we've ever asked for as a Reading fan is we want some team spirit. We want that fight. Oh, any any club, you, you want that that fight. And it's unreal to see. And there's the bit of quality there as well. Mm. Like yesterday, you know, two great finishes. Um, 
long may it continue. Like you know, we we can't control. We'll, we'll keep going off the pitch for the before we die. Campaign. We'll keep going at the owner because he's an absolute clown. Um, but it doesn't distract from from Ruben Sellers, who's he's done an amazing job mm-hmm. with with a group of young players that have been thrown in to such horrendous circumstances where you know we're talking about having microwave meals because the catering staff is gone. Luckily, apparently, like you know, because we've, we've sold players, we can actually afford to stay in a hotel before the game on Fleetwood on Tuesday. Yeah. No, lucky us. Like that—that's how it is. That's how bad it is at the club. Um, but sometimes negativity and horrible stuff that goes on unifies a club. And you know, the fans are behind the team of one thousand percent, and the players love the spirit between us. With that connection, you can't beat the connection between fans. Yeah. And the team, and we've got that at the minute. We haven't had that for a while. Um, Charlton, yeah, they're in free fall. I think it's now one, one, we, what was it 15 games without zero wins, 15 yeah. games yeah. in all competitions, uh, and then it's, yeah. it's, 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 Alfie it's May, I think it's zero wins. Yeah, Alfie May is, you know, is a good striker, but you know, the first 10 15 minutes yesterday they looked okay, but then mm-hmm. after that, you know, you think someone like Nathan Jones coming in. You know, uh, give us it fresh, but it didn't really seem to make a difference. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Reading fan, but I'm just as a, as a football fan, you're looking at what there's a big problem there. Yeah, I think only for the goalkeeper actually, the the scoreline stayed down a little yeah, bit. I mean, yeah. it was it's just crazy. And as I said, it's zero wins in 15 in all competitions, zero in 13 in League yeah. One. It was Nathan Jones's debut, but they now have the third worst defence in League One. This is their third permanent manager of the season. Curtis yeah. Fleming took the two games previously before this. Ten losses in 15 games. The only thing that separates them and the relegation zone is goal difference. It's I, I can't believe, because at the start of the season, when Dean Holden was in charge, I, I believe... The real EFL, we put out prediction mm. articles and I think Charlton were way up there. We predicted kind of a, a top six finish and maybe we actually, I think we overestimated the side a little bit and the, the problems that are happening off the pitch are at the, at the top end of the club. It was just a club like Charlton who only, the anniversary of, actually I said this on the podcast with Nancy Frost from The Athletic recently, but I think it was the 22nd of January 2004, Charlton were fourth in the Premier League. Mm. And then fast forward 20 years, they were literally only a couple of points above the relegation zone in League One. And now they are literally leveled on points with Port Vale in the relegation zone. It's absolutely insane. I cannot believe that, you know, we're in mid-February now almost. And Charlton are 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 fighting for their lives to stay in the league. It's un- unheard of, such a, such a big club. But like, and, in, and as well, it goes with, in waves, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's you look at, you look at you know, other games we'll cover later and you look at, you know, teams that were up there gone down and then teams you know we go on to Exeter later that were, were, were falling down the pack yeah and have now gone on a run of games and they're now back in mid-table it, it's mm. insane isn't it you just you just need a run of games where you get three or four wins in a row you go from top to bottom or three or four losses it, it, it's it's that yeah. compact of the league it, it's crazy I just think and a club like the they just shouldn't be down there considering like the the, the players they sign, the money yeah. they spend. And I know Michael Apton, when he was in charge, criticised the club's recruitment. It, I mean, it seemingly didn't get better. He lost his job. And then Nathan Jones is in. We'll see if Nathan Jones can 
managed to keep them up. He appointed Paul Hart as assistant manager recently. Of course, Paul Hart, he used to be at the club, was at a number of teams. He was manager of Portsmouth, etc. A very experienced coach at 70 now. He is the new assistant manager of Charlton. But again, it didn't make a difference on Saturday as they fell to a 2-0 defeat away at Reading. Charlton now face Lincoln City on Tuesday and inform Lincoln City, who will get on to they've won two from the last two games. And then they face Bolton Wanderers away on Saturday. Things don't look to be getting any better at the moment for Charlton and they genuinely could find themselves inside the relegation zone by the end of next week. Reading, meanwhile, they have three wins in five games and now three points above the relegation zone. Only two losses in 15 league games. Genuinely an astonishing run of form. Uh, Femi Aziz, he has his brace brought him up to seven goals for the season. He has six assists. That's 13 goal contributions already. And I, I, I'm i pretty sure Celez is absolutely delighted that he managed to hold on to his star man uh, during the January transfer window. For Reading, they face Fleetwood Town away on Tuesday and then Portsmouth away on Saturday. A game, obviously, Portsmouth will be the favourites for, but you would you would hope they can beat Fleetwood Town on Tuesday to, to kind of soften the blow of what will be maybe an expected loss next at the weekend. But you never know in men's football. We've seen weirder results this season. Moving on to another side who are kind of struggling at the moment. It's Bristol Rovers. They were beaten at home at the Memorial Stadium against or by Burton. Albion. Burton Albion are a weird team. They seem to not win many games, but they then they get a big result and they they haven't really been in danger, I want to say, of going down for quite a lot of this season. I mean, they're in the relegation for the first couple of months and then they went on a nice run of form then they dropped off a little. You know, Mamria was dismissed and then Martin Patterson came in and they're still, they're doing okay. They're not, they're definitely not safe. I mean, they're only four points above relegation zone, but this was a massive massive win for them, especially away from home. Bristol Rovers, they actually, when, when when Matt Taylor took over from Joey Barton earlier in the season, they actually, he, he was nominated for League One Manager of the Month in December. They won four games in his first four weeks in charge. And now they they only have two wins in, in, in 2024. And they were against Oxford United and Exeter City. Two losses on the bounce. The gas dropped to 12th in the table. I think... I think Bristol Rovers are in a weird position at the moment. I'll get on to what happened in the game now in a second, but I do think Bristol Rovers are in a weird position because they're closer to the relegation zone than they are to the top six. But I don't think they're in any danger of going down because there's still a a, a nine-point gap between them. And I think they have enough quality, obviously, to to stay up. There's much worse squads below them, but they also aren't. I think I just don't think there's any chance they can get promoted now. I think it's it's too far gone. They're they're 13 points behind sixth place Stevenage. It's strange. They're in a weird situation where they they kind of players may get a little kind of careless because there's not much to play for really bar mid table because they could then I don't think they go down and they're not going to go up. So it's a bit of a, a tricky situation. I think, now. I think they're looking at next year already. Yeah, I think you yeah. you think they sold um. Yeah, sold Aaron Collins, yeah. didn't they, in January yeah. as well? And I think that money might get used in the summer. So, yeah, like you said, they because they've not got much to play for. You can see a bit of complacency, and yeah. like, they're, they're a team that if you've got something, if you're playing against someone the final day of the season, you'd fancy your chances, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just as I said, it's a it's a weird situation, and it's only February. Like it must be. Yeah, players are looking at us thinking there's three, four months left in the season, and we just really don't have much to play for. And as Ivan said. Complacency is a very good word. They probably players are just getting a little complacent. They looked really poor yesterday. Borton Albion, I just want to say Borton Albion were were really, really good. Kieran Gilligan 
scored the opening goal in the game. A beautiful finish. There was like one thing I'll say about this game, there was so much like last ditch tackles and goal mouth action and blocks off the line. It was a bit of a the the, the chances on both ends of the pitch were incredibly scrappy, but after what was what felt like ten shots in a row inside the box, Kieran Gilligan just floated the ball into that top left corner. The Irishman, a brilliant, brilliant finish, and then Mark Helm doubled Borton Albion's lead. Anthony Evans did pull Bristol Rovers back into the game in the 60th minute. You'd think there was plenty of time, still half an hour to go plus stoppage time for Bristol Rovers to get back into the game and maybe take a point or even go on and, and, and steal all three. But it wasn't to be. Borton Albion now that's two wins in four games from their four points above the relegation zone. They've now done the double as well over over Rovers, which is impressive. They won 4-1 at the Pirelli Stadium back in October. Their next game, Ivan, is at home to Carlisle United, the man wearing a Carlisle United shirt while on the podcast <laughs> right now. They face Carlisle United at home on Tuesday, and then they face Leighton Orient away on Saturday, which may be an interesting one because we'll get on to Leighton Orient now shortly. They suffer their first defeat of the year. This is actually as well, Burton Albion's first away win since October. The stats in the game, I mean, Bristol Rovers dominated possession. They had 68% of the ball, but they only had seven shots and three on target, whereas Borton had 32% of the ball, 13 shots and seven on target. I actually think it was a deserved win for Borton Albion. Bristol Rovers looked incredibly poor. I would like to think they will they will step up their game for, for the midweek match on Tuesday, and they certainly will have to because they're away to Stevenage, who are clawing their way, I suppose, back into the playoffs at the moment. And then on Saturday, they have another tricky away game against Northampton Town, so it could be a pretty dismal week if you're a Bristol Rovers fan. Ivan, over to you for the game of the week. Carlisle United nil, Portsmouth won. Actually, my own thoughts on this game is that I, I kind of, it, it had the potential to be a banana skin game, not to be cliched for Portsmouth, but it was kind of similar to the one back in October. Actually, was it, it was a 93rd minute goal from... Yeah, yeah. a very... A very sad day, let's just say that. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, got like, the hopes up holding them throughout the whole game, yeah, in a corner. And yeah, I think it was 93rd and 94th because I actually saw at half time it was goalless, and I thought, could they really? But then Paddy Lane obviously did score. Talking to this one, this one, I mean, there's been a lot of, of dismal displays this season, mm. Ivan from Carlisle. I don't think this was one, you know, it was respectable, and unfortunately, the result didn't go there. Carlisle's way but I, I think it could have been a lot worse I mean it was a decent performance against a really good team yeah no I, I completely agree um, oh, I, I kind of thought that we might go into it I kind of thought like you said we could have been a bit of a banana yeah. we almost held them at their place and it was definitely an improved performance by us the only problem is it's an improved performance we've got nothing to show from it and when you're now 11 points from safety mm. Uh, you need to be picking up points. And our other biggest problem at the minute is there's absolutely no consistency. We can play a good game against Portsmouth and then I reckon we could get smacked by Burton on Tuesday night. So, um, yeah, it, it's a it's a bit of a weird one. I think I wasn't as hopeful as you saying at half-time when it's nil-nil. <laughs> oh, something could happen here. But, yeah, I mean, Portsmouth, are, I'd say the way they are a classy side. I, I really like how they play. Um and I would also say they deserve to win. Mm. I mean, we, we create so little. I think partly was partly down to their defence, um, but also the the service that Luke Armstrong is getting for us at the minute is shoddy. It's so poor. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think what else to say because I can't think of many 
too too many positive things to say about us at the minute. Well, let me ask I, you something. I mean, it's six defeats in a row now in League One for Carlisle. As you yeah. said, there, eleven points from 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 safety. Things are looking awful as we go into mid February, and there's only a few months left in the season. But I know fans will probably be frustrated with Paul Simpson and maybe the recruitment. Mm. This may be a difficult question, but is there a point in in changing the manager because of like he did so well last season, but then it's gone west or it's gone south this season? But is there a point changing him now? I mean. 11 points is a lot and to claw, to claw back a you would have to like win every single game nearly and, and keep trying to win every two out of three at least till the end of the mm. season which just seems incredibly unlikely. Yeah, we're going to need two, two, point, two points a game going yeah. in. But um, no, I, I think it's... I wouldn't have changed manager anyway but I think it's definitely too late to now at this point. We always knew this year was going to be hard. I think I still find it crazy that we're even playing in League One this year because Stockport was so much better than us even in the even in the playoff final we scraped through that um, and I wouldn't exactly say we strengthened in in the summer mm. majority of our players were League Two players no experience in uh, League One um, I thought I thought we might I thought we might survive but I mean in the back of my mind <laughs> I'm not sure how true that was and then funnily enough uh, it was when we played Reading at their place and lost 5-1. That was for me when I was like, okay, this, this is going to be an interesting season now. Um, or not an interesting season, a hard or yeah. even a rubbish rest of the season. Because I think we've only won two games since 24th of October. One was Port Vale on New Year's Day and one was Burton on the 24th. So we played yeah. them on Tuesday and hopefully can do the double. But for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get rid of... Yeah, so positive. I wouldn't get rid of um, Sierra at this point. I just think it is, it is a lot about planning for next year. I've seen a lot of Carlisle fans going, Greg Abbott, who's our ex-manager, now head of recruitment, saying the recruitment's not been good enough, which I do agree with. But I also think we, we find it really hard to attract players. I know mm-hmm. we've got this new American um, ownership, but I think because of where Carlisle is, you don't get you don't have that pull that a lot of other places yeah. in the country perhaps have. Um, yeah, I just think it's a, it's eleven points now, and I sound like I'm not optimistic, not optimistic at all. But I just think, I mean, I, I'd just like to see us win this year. I've been to I think eight or nine games this year, and I've not seen us win yet. But then again, we've only won four games all season. Yeah. So um, yeah, and, well, here's, and, a, and, here's a hypothetical question. Sorry, I'll, I'll, next game, of course, is away against Borden Halbin on Tuesday and then it's Cambridge United at home on Saturday. If if you were to win both against yeah. two, uh, they are two winnable games. I know Carlisle are struggling and if you were a, 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 I'm being disrespectful, maybe a better side you would expect to come away with six points but if you manage to pick up six points and you would then be I suppose level on points with Cheltenham Town uh, mm. they, it may not be because they might win a game or two. Would you be, do you think you would, you could go on to stay up, or do you think even if you win those two, it's it's over? I think if we won back to back games, I'd probably be shouting, "All make the playoffs." <laughs> <laughs> Just been used to losing all the time. Um, I mean, you look at you look at Fleetwood recently. Um, yeah. I think I was on this a couple of weeks ago, saying that they're definitely down, and then they 
I think drew one and then won the next two or something like yeah. that. If we did win two games in a row, especially as it's against Burton, Cambridge, I mean, I'm just looking at the table. They're still 15 points ahead of us. But if we did win two in a row, yeah, potentially. But I, I, I do think if we lose both of our next two games, that is it. That's it done at that point. But we're there's obviously it's football. There's still a chance we can stay up. We've still got Please. 14 games left, and we just need to. We got 20 points all season, and we're going to need about what 28 to 30 to stay yeah. up. So yeah, um, it would it would set up it would set us up well. But I'm not. Well, like you said, it's a hypothetical question because it's probably not going to happen. Us getting. Yeah, back, I think I believe, mate. That's a, that's a football fan, isn't it? You don't give up believing until no. it's over. And you, yeah, you, go, so... you you get a win and you go, oh, we can do the next one. We can do the next one. So it's like, it, yeah, you know, it's, it's happened just... with us to a little point, you know, this season for us. So, you know, you, you can. And, yeah, and football, it's... it swings the roundabouts. It just goes so up and down, doesn't it? It's football. You know, you look at teams, they get on a run. You get three wins in this league. All of a sudden, you're closer mm. to another team. The pressure's on them. Mm. I would just say as well just actually speaking about Portsmouth for a minute because I know I just talked about Carlisle and you're just saying about how going on a run Portsmouth had that bit of a wobble yeah. over Christmas didn't they and they're unbeaten in their last five four of those being wins it obviously wasn't a pretty result looking at it you've beaten bottom of the league 1-0 but I think it's their defence and their ability to get through games will take them up this season um, and I would I don't want to put a shout out saying they'll win the title, but I would probably say right now that I do think they'll win the title. <laughs> I won't say they'll win the title, but I'll say they'll win the title. Actually, when you said that they, they've beaten bottom of the league 1-0, that reminded me a lot of the uh, Michael Owen clip. Well done, he's 13. Well done, he's 13. Yeah, well done, he's 13. <laughs> um, I just want to say as well about Portsmouth, actually, yeah, you said they, they went through a bit of a blip, but now in five games, they picked up four wins. I wonder if some of those results have not been pretty, especially again, was a Fleetwood Town and, and, and Carlisle as well. They kind of scraped results, but they've the joint best defence in League One that always will set them in good stead. But I mean, a half time, I think, uh, on Saturday afternoon, there was not a single side in the top six that were winning. And I was thinking nobody wants to get promoted. But I think Portsmouth will be absolutely buzzing after after this game week when you consider the results for Derby and, and, and Bolton and, and Peterborough United and, and even Stevenage, literally only Barnsley and Portsmouth inside the top six one. So they'll be absolutely chuffed. And I do, I think there's a nice cushion for them now between between Derby and Bolton. But don't forget, Bolton do have three games in hand. So we'll see that, you know, I, I wouldn't be too, be too, um, 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 certain that Portsmouth will go on to win the league title but I think they, they have a very good chance because I'd rather have the points in the bag in League One especially than, than have games in hand This podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people over at NordVPN The 2023-24 campaign is set to draw to a close but the football never truly stops With the Olympics, Euro 2024 and the new season set to commence in no time make sure you don't miss any of the action wherever you may be in the world by downloading NordVPN for just the price of one cup of coffee per month, NordVPN allows you to watch your favourite teams, players, shows and movies anywhere in the world, even if they aren't available in your region, simply by switching the location on your device to one which is showing the content. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard, protecting your personal data and other sensitive information such as credit cards and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, which is always a worry when you travel abroad. 
And with just one subscription to NordVPN, you can use the service across six different devices, which is incredibly handy if you're traveling with your family and or loved ones. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash realefl. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So now, back to the podcast. Away days are great, especially when your striker bag's a last-minute winner, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Johnny, over to you for a side we just touched on. Bolton Wanderers, they drop points against Northampton Town. This was um, an interesting game because... Feisty. Yeah, it was feisty. It didn't start very well. <laughs> I mean, they were 2-0 down, or, or sorry, 1-0 down within within the first two minutes. Kieran Bowie, a bit of a scrappy goal after a free kick that hit the post. Star man waiting in the sky. Yeah. Well, David yeah. Bowie. Yeah. Uh, I just want to ask you, sorry, just quickly, we, when they went when I looked, but there was a red card yes. for Bolton Wanderers. Talking to the red card because George Thomason looked in disbelief that he was sent off. I... I... Jeez, I, I, you know, we haven't got 450,000 camera angles in the yeah. league, one of we? He is off I mean, the ground, though, isn't he? It looks a red. I I, yeah. I, I think it looks red. And then I think he never got set off at half time, the manager. Um, yeah. Look, I, we, we can only see what we see. And I think from, I, I could be wrong from one what you see as well. Like, it looked to me as a red. It could be given as a yellow. It, it didn't look nice. It was a. Uh, Feet off the floor, challenge. Yeah. Um, but for for Bolton as a team, you know, it was one of those games. Northampton be annoyed they didn't get the win. Bolton yeah. would probably go. We got the point, and you said that you got the games in hand. So yeah, they got out of jail a little bit. Um, Northampton are going to be mid table. Bolton are going to be looking for the playoffs. So. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what was said at half time. He got sent off in the tunnel. I don't know what the fight was about, whatever. But <laughs> the Premier League people that ever listen to these podcasts go, uh, well, this is League One football. Yeah. Uh, it could got, you know, we haven't got a close up image of the tackle from, from that point of view. So I would. It looked a red from from where I was standing. It looked a booking, whatever. It it didn't. It wasn't a good challenge. You can't leave the ground though. You can't, no, especially no. like when there's no there's no VAR. Obviously, no. you can't leave the ground and give the referee no. a decision to make. In that no. sense, you, you leave the ground. Your both feet are off the floor. Okay, I watched it back and I slowed it down. And he doesn't. Yeah, I tried go in just... two footed, but he went. He did. He left the ground, and you just yeah. simply can't because it in. The referee literally looks at it in real time and it yeah. looks a horrendous tackle. Whether he wins the ball, but he's off the ground, then it looks like he goes in with two feet, even yeah. if it is only maybe one. And that's what happened in old school football when I was yeah. allowed during the war. We, <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what managers used to do or referees used to do. They have to make decisions on what they see. Yeah. You know, and that, that was, that, I, I think it's a fair decision. Um, but, like, you know, aside from that, it was uh, one of those games, it was, it was a pretty feisty game. And I think, Bolton will be happy with the point because, like you say, you know they're, they're, they've got the games in hand to to go up the table even more mm. now. Um, Northampton, it's a it's a it's a game where they'd be annoyed but they didn't win it. But um, yeah, it, it's a fair I, result. 
I think the goal is soft the giveaway as well because Ben <laughs> yeah. Fox goes up for a header, but he's like yeah. standing still, and then and, yeah. then and then obviously Carlos Mendes Gomez comes in and he just heads he, he yeah because he, he has a, a running start. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor defending. Yeah, and you'd be frustrated as a manager by watching that. Um, but it's it's like it was like every you know we've talked about like, geez, how many group podcasts have you all been on this, and you go from one one. Whips whenever you go, oh yeah, they're bad this week, they're good this week. Um and I, I, I just think it's like, you know, how many games got like fifteen games left to go? It it's it you're kind of seeing where teams are gonna end up at the season. And Bolton will be there or thereabouts. Um I, I for them I don't see it as two points dropped with the circumstances. I see it as a point that they've taken because they've got that cushion of the games. Yeah. Northampton yeah, they would love to win the game, but it's mid-table for them. So it's it's on to the next one, you know. A bit similarly, I suppose, to Bristol Rovers. I think Northampton Town, but actually to be fair, Northampton Town are a newly promoted side, so it's even more impressive that yeah, exactly. I, they're not gonna get promoted, but I I they're what, ten points now above relegation. Yeah. I think they're safe. safe. So they'd be happy with that. Yeah. And just touching on Baltimore Wanderers, it's now no wins in League One in three matches. They only have two wins in their last five games. They're seven points behind Portsmouth, but still have three games in hand on Tuesday. They face Wickham Wanderers at home, a team that are in a bit of form at the moment, yeah, and then they face Charlton Athletic at home on Saturday, a game you would expect them to win. Two home games, they could get six from six, and they're back in the conversation again, and they have their games in hand, and everyone's happy. For Northampton Town, just one win in five. Should be, as I said, they should be safe. Probably a little bit of complacency coming in now, but I mean, I think they they just want to see how high they can get a bit like Leighton Orient yeah. as well and a few other sides. But they've had a, a regardless of what happens, they've had a phenomenal season and they're not going to go down, in my opinion. They're not going to go up. They've had a really good season to consolidate in League One and they face Leighton Orient on Tuesday in what will be a very interesting game. And then Bristol Rovers at home on Saturday. Over to another team now, though, that, again, probably won't challenge for the playoffs because, to be honest, like... League One now is like the, the first seven, eight teams seem to be in a bit of a league of their own and the rest are kind of fighting for, literally fighting for relegation slash mid-table. It's it's a, it's a bit of a bizarre league this season. Lincoln City beat Fleet, Fleetwood Town 2-1. This was an incredibly controversial game. We, of course, at the real EFL had people that were at the match. It was a major incident in the first half on the stroke of halftime and, and Boson Lowell was sent off. I watched the clip back. I mean, there was there was talk at the time that it was like mistaken identity because what happened was Ben House and Jaden Stockley got into a, a scrap. I think Stockley kind of raises his forearm a little bit and then House reacts and, and just body slams him to the floor. And, you know, it was, it was a crazy incident. And then everyone starts it's a bit of a scrap and everyone's pushing and shoving and pulling each other off each other. And very messy. It, it, they're, they're, they're booked, obviously, the, the guys that were involved in the incident. But then... Boson Lowell, who's been in unbelievable form recently for Fleetwood Town, since he actually moved into midfield, the Irishman on loan from Celtic. He was playing at centre-half, but then he moved into midfield. He's actually been really good in midfield, been impressed, uh, a really a really brilliant young player. But he was booked earlier in the game, and then he picks up a second yellow card for his involvement in the incident. He looked absolutely baffled at the decision. He was arguing with the referee, arguing with everyone else, arguing with the fourth official, I watched back the clip from the from the highlights, but then I actually I watched it back on on Wisco because they showed the full incident. It was 
still controversial. I mean, because the camera pans to the referee when when the kind of fight's kicking off with Lawal, so I can't really tell what he's done. But on Wisego, because it's the full game, you can see a little bit more in the highlight show. And it looked as though he had kind of pushed someone. What amazed me was that he got the same punishment, though, as, as, as Stockley and House. And he did not body slam anybody. He just kind of pushed someone, is what it looked like from the clip I saw. I really don't think it was a yellow card, and I don't think he should have been sent off. That was kind of the turning point in the game because Fleetwood Town had taken the lead from a counter-attack. The goalkeeper for Lincoln City comes out. He's in absolutely no man's land. He misjudges the flight of the ball. Promise Amachere runs on and he rounds the keeper. Very clunky, but gets to it and he kind of pokes it home eventually. And it's 1-0 for Fleetwood Town. Then the incident happens. And then in the second half, Ben House scores with a lovely, lovely finish. The man who some people said should have been sent off. People said Stockley also shouldn't sent off for, 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 the, for the incident earlier in the game. And then just a couple of minutes later, Lassa Sorensen puts the Imps ahead 2-1. I mean, Fleetwood Town will be absolutely good because they've been on a good run of form recently. Two wins, they got a draw, they were unbeaten in the last three and then to lose in such such fashion is going to be obviously incredibly disappointing. They still have the worst defence in League One though, which is kind of harrowing and something that just simply needs to change if they have any hopes of, of, of survival. Although they kind of, didn't they do this as well under Lee Johnson for a little bit where they went on maybe a two or three game run where they won a game or got some draws and then it was just back to, to losing, losing, losing. I personally do think Fleetwood Town are kind of doomed for, for the drop because, I don't know, I just don't think the, the squad has the quality to stay. That's my own personal opinion. People can disagree. That's absolutely fine. But I will say I, I think they were a little unlucky with the incident that happened in the game to be instantly down to 10 men so early in the match and have to go to the whole second half trying to hold on to the results. They're, they're three points and they eventually lost it. Uh, they face Reading at home on Tuesday, which is a huge, huge game in the relegation battle. And then they face Barnsley at home on Saturday, which is a game that they certainly won't want to face. Johnny, are you are you are you are you confident of, of getting a result on Tuesday? Uh, you're away from home. Oh, oh away from home's been brilliant. Like you know yeah. since since we haven't won for a year away. Um <laughs> you know we've we've gone and battled you know we lost to Wigan away is probably the only defeat from my memory. Uh you know we we beat Stevenage away. Yeah. We drew with Peterborough away. Um like we got like as a team, we've got no fear. Like yeah. and we actually stay in a hotel the night before. Have a few <laughs> go out there and kick off. Um yeah. you know, but it is it's like you can't you can't pick this league, any league yeah, in the EFL. It's it is a tough game. Mm-hmm. Um but like the the run of form we're in, we're gonna get beaten three nil. The normal world says no, you're not because that football doesn't look like that. So it, yeah. you know, but we're not going to be uh, scared of. The only problem we have is we've got small squad and we haven't mm. got you know because of all the, the financial stuff. Fleetwood, you know, a tough team to play against, but we, we we've got a battle against big you know big strong teams. You did that. You can beat Stevenage at home. You can you you. Nothing to be scared of, really. And then we yeah. go and beat Portsmouth at home. We'll probably get when you know, probably get in the playoffs and win the league. So you know, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> I can dream. I can you can dream. dream. You can dream. Yes. For Lincoln City, actually, they were five 
uh, games unbeaten, back to back wins mm. and five games unbeaten. Uh, a start I had to like triple check last night because I couldn't believe it. This was their first home victory since a 3 1 win over Charlton Athletic in October for Lincoln City. That was absolutely unbelievable. They face Charlton Athletic again on Tuesday away from home and then they face Exeter City at home on Saturday. So this could actually be a pretty good week for, for Lincoln City. They could potentially have four wins from four, or at least three from four. Very, very impressive. Now, Ivan, over to you for a game of two teams that were, well, I mean, I actually think this was probably a worse result for the hosts because they're chasing really, whereas the, the away side are kind of, they still, there's still only a point in it with, between themselves and, and Stevenage in sixth. It is, it is, of course, the battle at Bloomfield Row between Blackpool and Oxford United. Blackpool, as I said, will certainly probably be more disappointed because they kind of needed to win because that gap is widening a little bit after some poor results recently for the side. Although Oxford United are on a poor run of form as well, which may be, I mean, both sides, I think Oxford United had no wins in five, Blackpool had no wins in three. And that was, you know, and, and or sorry, they now have zero wins in five and, and zero wins in three. And they didn't win again. Are you are you surprised with the drive? And because there was actually some really good chances in this game, especially for Oxford United. Yeah, so I'd looked at this game before the weekend, and I kind of picked out as probably the game to follow. Yeah. Or, I mean, it might have not quite um, gone to what I expected. I thought lived up the expectations. Yeah, yeah, not lived up to the expectations. Yeah, exactly that. Um, but it was somewhat of a six-pointer going into it because both teams are chasing mm. for a place in the playoffs. And I do agree with what you said. I think for, it definitely hurt. It, it hurts Blackpool more drawing, but I also don't think either team are too annoyed to draw. But I do also think Blackpool needed to win. So I'm just mm. contradicting myself at this point. Um, yeah, so Matthew Pennington would open the scoring for Blackpool as well. Um, so the host... Uh, led early in the first half. It was an Ollie Norwood cross and it probably rewarded their early pressure. They looked the better of the two to start the game off. Um, but that was a short-lived lead. Mark Harris uh, being in the right place at the right time to poke home following a corner. There are some slight shouts for an offside. Um, and because of the sadder that I am, I had it in 0.25 playback speed. Uh, tried to work it, work it out. But I think he's just been played on by uh, an opposition um, on the right hand mm-hmm. side of the box, so yeah, yeah I, I think it was on too because uh, not to not to be a nerd like you, but I also did slow it down zero point two five, and he there was a, <laughs> there was a player keeping them on, and and because the people were giving out say it was offside, it, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't. I think he was definitely on. Yeah, we're, we're all nerds here. We're on nerds here. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then <laughs> both teams did, pro- did have good chances to go ahead, and um, but like you said earlier, the better probably potentially falling to Oxford. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Mar- uh, Marvin Eppeteta for Blackpool with one of the goal line blocks of the season. I actually thought probably. he handled the ball. I thought he Luis Suarez done the. On I, the I, I thought he did originally, but yeah. then you look at you look at all the reactions, and I think it he, he can't have yeah, yeah. how they how they've reacted. Yeah. But perhaps the best chance of the game would follow to Billy Bodin. Um, yeah, he's missed from a header from three yards out. It looks easier to score than miss, and it's not one he w- he'll mm. want to. Um, uh, look look back on I think he's hit the post isn't he from a couple of yards out yeah. but nonetheless neither team uh, gain or lose any ground on the other however it is quite worrying for Blackpool because they gained just one point from their two games 
against two teams directly above them in the form of Oxford and Stevenage. If they wanted to catch up with those two, they had to win one of those games. And to lose to one and draw with the other, it's really not ideal. Stevenage also drawing uh, does mean that Oxford are just one point off of the playoffs Mm -hmm. with Blackpool a further five behind. And I think there still could be a few more twists in the tail for that final um, spot in the playoffs. Because that's the one that I think all three teams will be looking at because you think Peterborough well actually to be fair Peterborough the way they've been playing recently they could fall into that fight but so I'm just I'm just really going in at Peterborough this episode <laughs> <laughs> uh, Keelan who of course is, is a, a member of the Real EFL and he's he's always active in the in the group he um he will have clicked off this podcast long ago uh, don't worry. yeah long 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 ago but <laughs> I think yeah I think it's that final spot and maybe I mean, looking at the table again, even Barnsley and Fourth are on 56 points yeah. and Stevenage are only three points behind them in six. So it is tight. Um, and I think it's going to be a really interesting playoffs. I'm quite looking forward to it because I I don't really think we know who's going to be in it yet. Well, I mean, just talking about Oxford United for a moment, Des Buckingham has been in charge for 15 games in League One. They've picked up four wins, five draws and six losses. It's been really poor. I mean, they they... At the moment, they look like they're not going to 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 reach the playoffs, but there's still so much football left in the season for Blackpool. Though two very difficult games coming up, you know, Cheltenham Town away on on Tuesday again a fixture. I I don't think it's a bit of a banana skin. I I don't think any side would fancy going to Cheltenham Town because, especially on the Daryl Clark, they're not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, but they'll still give you a tough game. And then of course Peterborough United who will be looking to get to get back to winning ways away from home on. Saturday for Oxford United. They face Wigan Athletic on at home on Tuesday and then Wigan Wanderers away on Saturday. Now, Johnny, over to you to Port Vale 2, Stevenage 2. And Stevenage, we spoke about Blackpool and Oxford United. Stevenage will be very disappointed with, I suppose, the, their result because both teams below them managed to, to, to drop points and they didn't take advantage of of, of of that by beating Port Vale aside who have been absolutely desperate in recent times they just sacked manager Andy Crosby and they've dropped into the relegation zone are you I mean were you surprised by the by the Crosby sacking or, or did you feel sympathy for him uh, it's, it's like it's gamble time isn't it the, yeah. the clubs that they they it's Port Vale I know offense to anyone that's listening to Port Vale I, I don't know what they expect Hmm. As a club, like, I don't know what the funding is. I don't know what they're not going to run away with the league. It, it's it's a hard thing. It's it's it's, it's honest. It's honest football. Like you know, to get the Premier League and all that rubbish. That you know, what what's good for Port? Well, apparently, Robbie Williams was apparently interested in buying the club. Let me entertain you. All hmm. that stuff uh, and a few angels. Blah blah blah. Isn't he? Isn't he a Port Vale fan? And then yeah, when, he's a huge Port Vale yeah, fan. Yeah, but when. Yeah. Was it there was something about Spores earlier in the season? Because I know Spores fans kind of robbed the the Angel song for Yeah, Ange. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still he... hoping that Sporty Spice will join Reading FC <laughs> by distant dream. But like it, it's it's a it's a really weird one. Like like the game yesterday, I I, I still don't see that with the penalty. Hmm. The, the end. Are you talking about yeah, yeah? Because he he's claiming hit his shoulder. But what I will say though is Johnny. He throws his arm towards the ball, it's and you're such given, a hard one. I know, it's... but you're giving the referee a decision to make. Then you shouldn't. He, like he kind of, it looks like he lunges his arm towards the ball. And I just think, oh, he's you... playing in League One. Yeah, 
yeah. If, yeah. If, if, if he's playing Premier League, he'd be like eating plants around and doing whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's a tough one. Like, I, I, you know, joking aside, like, you, you know, Stevenage, um, you know, Evans's team, like, you know, we, we beat them last week. They, they got a point. Um, yeah, Port Vale. Yeah, you look at it, you're just kind of going, is that a result that either team is happy with? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, the young goal from the lads, um, what's his name, Ben Van Kooten and scored. yeah, Van Kooten on goal and a goal, yeah, yeah, like he'd be like, Oh, I made up for myself there, but like hmm. going home, it's like, I have to explain that one to the missus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to say because. Stevenage, I think, you know, they're very one-dimensional as a team. And I, I, I don't think they will get through the playoff. Um, they'll be around there because they play a certain way, but they get found out. Mm. Um, Port Vale, you know, what, what manager is going to go to Port Vale? We've, we've talked about this on this podcast. This is the issue, right? Because like there's we go around in, the same yeah. managers of, of League One. Elf it's pool. it's just at the moment it's like they're in the relegation zone. It's it's like it's their group. The recruitment hasn't been great. Let's be really honest with mm. ourselves. They're in a, a awful situation, and you think. I mean, at the moment, I know reports are saying that Paul Robinson, who was uh, on Gary Routes' coaching staff at Millwall, and he was also a, mm. a professional development coach with Birmingham City, the club he used to play for, he has been one name mentioned. There's been some other names mentioned as well. I just think like it's not a very appealing job because there's a risk you get relegated. It's not mm. like, and you're going to have money, much money to play with. Yeah, like, like, and there's no like, transfer window. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, so what? What do you? It's, it's like we, you know, we talk about Reading, we talk about all these clubs. What do you actually expect as a, yeah. a club? What do you want? Like Port Vale ain't going to win the Premier League. Mm. Reading ain't going to win the Premier League. No offence to Carlisle ain't going to win the Premier League. So what the hell do you want as a club? Mm. Do you want a club that's sustainable and runs properly and, and runs within their means that will keep them within the level that they're at? Mm. And I, I, don't, I don't get what... <laughs> Like, yeah, money, money. Like certainly in our our situation, money doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Our stupid clown of an owner spent you know two hundred million and just destroyed the club. Mm. So you could spend two pound fifty and destroy a club if, if you know if you want to be that blase about it. So um, you need the right fit as an owner. You need the right fit as a club. You need someone that gets people on board as fans wise and, and like. I, I, I could say, you know, like we, Ricky Gervais wants to, to join in Reading, if Robbie Williams wants to join in Port Vale, happy days. Like, you know, you want someone you want to identify with, isn't it, mm. as a fan? Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure about who, you know, who's got a Kylo, uh, the, uh, who is the bus, who's the uh, fans, the. Uh... What famous Carlisle singers out arriving? Yeah, the Kylo, who's the, who's the trucks people uh, that the. Uh... Oh, Bimson. Well, the haulage. Oh, Stobart, sorry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. playing up front, mate. You win every game. <laughs> <laughs> just, just but like quickly. it is. It's an identity, isn't it? That's like yeah. that's what people need. So, yeah. Like we see. You know? Just quickly before we move on, uh, for Port Vale, they face Peterborough United on Tuesday, and then a massive game against Shelton Town at home 
on Saturday, whereas Stephen is they face Bristol Rovers on Tuesday at home and then a huge game against Derby County away on Saturday. Moving over to the Barnsley and Leighton Orient game. Barnsley came away with a 2-1 win at home. Leighton Orient lost for the first time in 2024. It's been, I mean, we're in mid-February now and the fact that we were even talking about Leighton Orient being outside, having an outside chance of, of getting into the playoffs is unbelievable. I mean, Richie Wellens was League One manager of the month for January. He's done an absolutely unbelievable job. They were so unlucky though. I mean, uh, Satirio, he, he scored the opening goal of the game in the 10th minute, really nice finish and then they unfortunately conceded through Adam Phillips, I mean the ball's long ball forward and the keeper misjudges it, he runs out, heads it in it's one all, not the end of the world to come away from a side that are I suppose you, I mean I, I don't want to say kind of in a title race but they're only 10 points behind the title but with two games in hand Barnsley so you're kind of facing a side away from home who are challenging somewhat for the league title and you're going to get at least a draw. It's not ideal to concede so late on. Then Luca O'Connor, I mean, Luca O'Connor gets sent off for, I think, shouting at the referee to tell him to tell them to hurry up. He gets sent off, rather bizarre red card, one of the strangest red cards uh, this week out of the many that there were. But then just unfortunately, Leighton Orient couldn't hold on, even though they were, you know, they had an extra man on the pitch and, Adam Phillips again latches onto a free kick at the front post and he scores the second goal of the game to steal all three points for, for Barnsley. An absolutely fantastic result for Barnsley considering they were literally down to 10 men for, the, for only six minutes, but they were still down to 10 men for the last few minutes of the game. Leighton Orient, though, was their first loss since the 23rd of December when they lost 3-2 to Bolton Wanderers. Uh, Soterio actually became the club's top goal, goal scorer during that game uh, with nine goals. Shaq Ford is on eight and they face Northampton Town on Tuesday at home and then they have another home game against Borton Albion on Saturday. Barnsley though now they have three wins in five and they're up to four ten points behind Portsmouth with two games in hand. They face Shrewsbury Town away on Tuesday and Fleetwood Town away on Saturday. Two very winnable games for Barnsley which means you know if they get six points from six and they have their games in hand they could be in with a a chance of, of winning the league title, surprisingly, or at least an outside chance, you know, if because they'll have, I'd imagine they'll be closer to Portsmouth, if, especially if Portsmouth drop points during the week. Ivan, over to you for a side that will be incredibly disappointed with the result at the weekend. Derby County won, Shrewsbury Town won. This is like next to, because Bolton Wanderers were down a man, weren't they? And they managed to get a draw. Peterborough United was obviously the most surprising result of the weekend if they lost 5-2 to Wickham Wanderers. This is probably second. Derby County drawing at home to Shrewsbury Town, a side that sometimes couldn't buy a win this season, Shrewsbury Town. I've ranted on here many, many times. It doesn't give them much comfort where they are on the league table. They're still only three points above the relegation zone, but what a result this is. Talk me through this one. Yeah, it's, um, it's a bit of a bizarre one, isn't it? I think Johnny said earlier in Bolton's instance, it wasn't really the case of it being mm. two points dropped rather than one um, game. Whereas this, this is yeah. definitely two points dropped um, for Derby. And it's a massive missed opportunity for them. And they could have gone three points uh, ahead of Bolton had they won. And given Shrewsbury's position in the table, I think they've got to be annoyed that they've not taken all three points, especially yeah. as they were 1-0 up. It seemed to me, it was a fairly like, lifeless first half. But um, Derby were the, probably the best of the two and they would improve in the second half 
Max Bird tucking the ball away from a corner to give them the lead. And I think it's not it's not exactly they were poor in front of goal. It's more some inspired goalkeeping from Marco Morosi in the Shrewsbury net. And on another day, I think Derby could have been two or three up. Um, and Morosi made some really, really good saves to keep Shrewsbury in the game. And then that would allow them to then get back into it. Aaron Pierre scoring in the 87th minute. And it, it came as a bit of a shock. And I think mm-hmm. Shrewsbury did have a good chance. I can't remember who it fell to, but Shrewsbury had a good chance to go ahead. And then Derby, I think, will be really annoyed. Um, if one of the last, if, well, it's in the dying dying embers, isn't it? Curtis Nelson, he's beaten Morosi, which so so many of the players had, well, failed to do. Um, but the bar would save Shrewsbury um, any late any late drama. And yeah, as I said, it's it's two points dropped for them um, rather than one gained with Port with Portsmouth winning as well. It's um, it's not ideal, but at least for them, Bolton drawing and Shrew- um, I was going to say Shrewsbury, Peterborough, Peterborough um, losing does at least soften that blow a bit. Shrewsbury dropped to nineteenth, obviously because of Reading winning. Um, and if you look at how Reading are playing compared to how Shrewsbury are playing. Mm-hmm. Reading uh Johnny, you're gonna love me saying this, but Reading are so much so much better both as a team and also to watch at the minute. I think it, yeah. it seems like every time you and me are on Adam, it's always we're just not being very nice about Shrewsbury. Yeah. But um yeah, I think Shrewsbury are one they're a bit of a weird team because they keep on managing to get I mean, obviously this is a great point for them because they'd have gone into this having no expectations probably, but it's a bit like, but it's a bit like Borton, isn't it? You, you feel like they never win a game, but they're not like they're, they're somehow not, not in the relegation zone. Yeah, it, it, it's a weird one. I think well, they, they got so many draws this season, um, and I think that's what is almost keeping. No, they've not got so many draws this season. Sorry, um, but um, that's what they're just finding ways to yeah. pick up points. Um, they get the odd one. I didn't mean they've got they're getting draws because I just remember they win every game 1-0. <laughs> but um, they find a way to win games yeah. and it's really bizarre because they're just half the, half the time they'll get smashed by a team and then they'll have one good day and I think that's what's keeping them out of the relegation zone. I mean, they're only three uh, points ahead of Port Vale with Port Vale and then also Cheltenham below having two games in hand. But you look at Shrewsbury and you look at, I suppose, the, the teams below them or at least they're on, on level points of running at the minute on 34. You've got Burton and Cambridge on 35 ahead of them. Below them's Charlton on 31, Port Vale on 31, and then Cheltenham 26, Fleetwood 25. I'm not going to count Carlisle because we're so far off everyone. But I just think the Charlton, I'm still waiting for them to improve. Yeah, I think under Nathan Jones, they, sure, they surely will. And I can see with Port Vale having two games in hand, maybe with a new manager, they might get a bit of a bounce. And Shrewsbury could fall into that final mm. final spot. I feel I'm just being really negative today because it is, a, like I said, it's a great point they've got. But I, I, they need they need to improve if they want to start this season. Um, and I don't really think they had the best January window either. Yeah, because they've obviously got all of those all of those problems in front of goal. They're the worst team. But they didn't sign a striker, point. did they? Like, it's, it makes no sense. I think they yeah. scored 22 all season. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it's a good point. On it's a good point to, to get a point against Derby's great. But mm. I do think they could find themselves in a bit of trouble 
especially if, I mean, there's games on Tuesday and Saturday. So this time or this podcast in a week's time might be looking at them in a completely different way if they are in the relegation zone. Yeah. And just Shrewsbury Town, they face Barnsley at home on Tuesday and then Wigan at home on Saturday. They're two really, really difficult games, although they are at home. So maybe they can get a point or two. But it's, I mean, they could be in trouble by next week again. And not being negative, an absolutely fantastic result they got at Pride Park, whereas Derby County, they will look to get back to winning ways over the next week. They face Exeter City at, away from home, sorry, on Tuesday, and then Stevenage at home on Saturday. Johnny, I mean, a team that are again a little bit odd this season are Wigan because sometimes they're on like <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're like you yeah, well Exeter too, but like Wigan, I feel sometimes I look at the table and think, oh, they're, they're safe. And then I look at it the next week and I'm like, ooh, six points. Yeah. <laughs> you know, talking through this one because this is a this is a disappointing result. Exeter City, who were literally, I think they, they went like three or four months without, I think it was at least three months without a win. Yeah. Um, are now four, kind of four wins in five games. Yeah, us. but they've yeah. they've left above Wigan now. I know Wigan yeah. are, are minus eight points at auction, but they, they've left above Wigan down the table. Talking through this one, that's bipolar football. Mm. <laughs> it really is. Gary Colwell came back, you know, back to his old uh, stomping ground. Yeah, and like, he was under huge pressure, Exeter. You know, because they were really because like, they, they at the start of the season they were at the top there for a while, and then they went right down to the bottom, and they bounced back up. They're, I think they're back into twelve, thirteenth position or. Um, and it shows you what a run of results do. Do you keep faith with the manager or do you sack them? And yeah. like we've seen so many sackings and so many people stuck with or not in, in this level of football. Or it doesn't make championship league two even. Um you know, Wigan on their day are brilliant. And then when they're not, they're awful. Um <laughs> today was well the game was have you seen the highlights, but two comedy own goals of just yeah. bad deflections. I mean, your luck's out, your luck's out. That's life, isn't it, in football? Um, but Gary Colwell, you know, because I, I think there could have been a point where he could have been sacked. Mm. I, I, he was like, you know, it was on that, you know. I think more, more, than, more than one point. I think most yeah. players are stuck with him. Yeah. yeah, Because yeah. The, so fans were getting very disgruntled and, and yeah. it was a real test of that ownership scheme that they have at the moment. But they, they yeah. stuck with him and, and just, they're seeing the benefits now. But I think because he, you know, he, he works the small squad yeah. and he had a lot of injuries and they went, yeah, you're the man. Mm. Like we do with Reading. I, I don't harp on about that slot, but it's like, well... We believe in what he's doing, and mm. he's proving now again because, like again, it's a, you know, they're not going to win the league. If they get mid-table, is brilliant for them. Uh, it's, a, it's a stable building block for next season because mm. of you know, how they own the club. Um, and it's belief. It's belief in what the owners, uh, the owner believes in the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, to go Wigan away and get a win like that. However you do it is brilliant. Like it's, you know, I said like four wins in five games. They, they've they got that momentum. And any team in this league can do momentum. It's so insane as, as a football thing that you can't dismiss any club. It, even Carlisle. I keep the faith. <laughs> um, but like if you've got two wins, isn't it? You get two wins and you get the confidence and the belief back in the All players. All of a sudden, yeah. Um, as a manager, whoever the manager is, and and then you go like you know, I think the one thing for Wigan they've got that lad Kelman in. Um, I think he's from QPR on loan. He looks very good. Mm-hmm. 
I think he could be a game changer for them. Is in, you know, he came on, scored, scored, had, yeah. probably could have scored, could have got second. Mm. Um, that's the kind of person that you need that will, will get them up the table. But again, like because of the stupid EFL and and their ways of ruining in football, um, they've had that points deduction. Uh, but they're fighting back. We're fighting back. So you know they they'll get mid table and, and good luck to them because they're they're good yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and Exeter because they where they do things they're good people as well. And so like you know it's it's what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. I think for Wigan their squad is good enough to stay up. I yeah. don't think they're going to go down, no, but no. I can I can't say definitely not because six points is still six points. But just because. I mean, if you if they if they have thirty seven points at the moment, if you add on the the eight they were deduct, they have forty five, and that brings them up to literally late in Orient and who we've been praising. So it's like, I just think they they will they average enough points to stay up. I don't think they're going to get dragged into a relegation yeah. fight. But as I said, six points is still six points, and that's literally only two matches. So I can't say for definite that they will stay up, but I think they will. Another one game. Sorry, actually, usually on the last match, I actually sometimes I have been known to give guests the worst game of the weekend. Sometimes some would say I some you know if it was a rat I'd say I do it on purpose, but I, I don't think I do. But I actually think this is pretty uh, pretty entertaining game. Cambridge United nil, Cheltenham Town won. There were so many chances in this game and how Cambridge United didn't score one of those goals. I mean they were true on goal twice and they hit both at the goalkeeper and didn't score. And it was just, it was really really bad result because they're now only four points above the relegation zone. They have just one win in four games now, down to sixteenth in the table. Wickham have of course overtaken them in the league. Just a really really bad result, and 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 as well the worst that was that only two teams have scored fewer goals than Cambridge United in League One this season. They're really struggling for goals, and I the next week is huge for Cambridge United because. Again, they're they're definitely not safe. They're only four points above the relegation zone. But they face Portsmouth away on Tuesday, a game that they are definitely, definitely not favourites to win. But they then face Carlisle United away on Saturday, which is going to be a massive game for the relegation battle for both teams, really. Cambridge United don't want to get sucked into the relegation battle because when you find yourself in a rut this late in the season... It's going to be really hard to get over, and you see, you, I mean, at the moment, you saw, you see this with Port Vale at the moment, and Charlton Athletic, they find themselves in desperate form and, and down level on point, or Charlton at level on points with with Port Vale in the relegation zone. Uh, just for Cheltenham Town, this is actually their first win in four games. They're up to twenty second. They overtook Fleetwood Town, who were defeated on Saturday by Lincoln City. They are five points below safety. And this was only Matt Taylor's second goal this season, but he clinched all three points with a beautiful strike on the left-hand side into the bottom right-hand corner, rocketed the net to take all three points. They actually won the reverse fixture as well, 1-0 back in October from Liam, uh, Liam Sercombe goal, got all three points there. And it's Cheltenham Town's first away victory of 2024. They face Blackpool at home, on Tuesday, and then they have a massive game against Port Vale at home again on Saturday. Gentlemen, we got through all of that in very nice time, just over an hour, I think an hour, five minutes, ten minutes. Uh, we'll wrap up the podcast there. Ivan, what are your plans for the week? Um, So I'm actually going to Burton on Tuesday night. Oh, nice. 
will be interesting. Never been to Burton, and it's about three and a half hours from where I live. So Ooh. I'm... <laughs> Uh, I've managed to get a ticket in the hospitality, so it'll be a bit Ooh, of a different. Oh, very fancy! <laughs> I, I'm I'm flexing that here, but um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it'll be a bit of a different different way to watch a match, but maybe it will uh, bring a bit of luck about. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't know how likely that is. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy it. And Johnny, same question to you: What are your plans for the week? Uh, I'll be hiding behind the sofa watching the mini <laughs> games. I always do, mate. Just hoping for the best. Uh, yeah. yeah, and. Uh, yeah, hope for some sunshine in Ireland. Maybe that one. Yeah, uh, well, I can actually see the weather forecast in front of me on my laptop. It has on the bottom left-hand corner four degrees Celsius and rain and snow is on the way. So I think your your hopes of that are very, um, are very, uh, you're very optimistic and hoping for sunshine because I I I don't share the the sentiment. Thanks, mate. Appreciate <laughs> the love <laughs> to everyone listening at home. Make sure to drop us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the podcast. It means the world to us. And make sure to tune in on Sunday as we dissect all the weekend results for your wonderful ears once more. Thank you all for listening, and goodbye for now. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping. But then later on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 